Hey guys, welcome to my podcast, Rescued, Restored, and Released, a guide to healing and redemption. I'm your host, Melissa Ann Bettis, a mom, wife, and minister who found faith in the midst of misery, which ultimately led to my rescue. Join me as I share my story of God's healing and redemptive power. We will share real-life testimonies, biblical truths and steps to healing, spoken word, interviews, and special guest speakers who have also endured the messy process of healing. Here at R3 Discipleship, our hope is to empower women with God's word and reassure them that there can be complete healing and freedom through Jesus Christ. Remember, you were created to fly. So with that being said, are y'all ready? Okay, it's time to fly, ladies. Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today on the Rescued, Restored, and Released podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Bettis, and today I'm so excited just to share the testimony of my daughter. Um, I have been wanting to bring this message for a while, and just to be able to say that I can bring this testimony now is such a blessing to me. And I want to go ahead and start off in the Word of God today. I'm actually going to be talking about the woman with the blood issue. And actually, this message had been confirmed to me um, a couple of times this week. Um, There was an evangelist at our church that gave the message of the woman with the issue of blood. And then also at a concert this past week, they brought that message. And so right away, I already knew um, what message to bring and just how it ties in. Um, to my healing journey and me having my daughter. And so we are going to start in Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 29. Actually, to 33. And it says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered more had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came from behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So I just want to kind of emphasize the severity of um, being unclean. And it was actually the law for the unclean. There was a law. And there is a scripture in Leviticus that talks about that law. It's um, Leviticus 15. Verse 19, and it says, if a woman has a discharge and the discharge from her body is blood, 
she shall, she shall be set apart seven days, and whoever touches her shall be unclean until evening. And if you continue to read in that chapter, it just talks about all the laws on that one topic of having a discharge of blood. And so according to the Levitical custom, this woman was to remain secluded until her bleeding stopped. And so every time a woman vanished from the masses, everyone knew what she was going through. She was considered not only unclean, but cursed because of her blood issue. Blood was considered the stream of life, and losing it meant that she was a woman dying among the living. Even her coming out while bleeding meant that she was subject to stoning and death. This was the law. In her story, she had to risk death in order to live. Now that sentence alone is so powerful to me. The topic in today's episode is generational curses. And from the time that we begin the transition to Christianity, we are putting to death the old man, old habits, um, relationships, and curses that we that were passed on from generations before. And God has to completely strip us of these things in order to have life in him and to be able to pass life down to our children. Um, I want to read verses 27 and 29. It says, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Well, the moment this woman makes a decision to not just lay there and die is when she receives her healing. The next verse talks about how she was instantly healed. Her faith changed her fate. She picks up her weak, frail, and anemic body and drags herself through the crowd. She takes the last strength she has to reach out and touch Jesus. It says that she touches the hem of his garment. And it goes on to say in the verses after that Jesus points the woman out among the crowd. And the Bible refers to this woman as a certain woman. She comes to the feet of Jesus as a nobody, overlooked, unloved, dirty, a woman with no name. Then Jesus calls her daughter. The only woman in the Bible that Jesus calls daughter, that name was just for her. And from then on, it is known to the multitude that she was no longer unclean. She had been healed. Hallelujah. Today, I'm bringing the testimony of my daughter. And um, just to let y'all know, I have four boys already. It was really never a desire for me to have a daughter. And it wasn't until about a few years ago that the Lord instilled that desire in me. And I remember we were at a women's conference and at this women, women's conference, there was this woman, and she was an older woman, and her daughter was actually doing the worship at this conference. And the whole message, I can't remember exactly what the message was, but I do remember that it was about legacy and the legacy she was leaving for her three daughters. And even how now her three daughters are heavily involved in ministry and just at that conference, I remember 
asking God, how come you haven't given me a daughter? I started really wondering, like, how come you're, you haven't allowed me to leave this kind of legacy? You know, I, I'm first generation Christian. And so why would you not pass this, you know, allow me to be able to pass this down to my own daughter? I really started just asking questions and not understanding and and I was really discouraged. And so from that point on, I actually started praying for a daughter. But intentionally, I was not getting pregnant. And a lot of it was just out of fear. Because I believe that if if I were to get pregnant and, and it be a boy, um, and don't get me wrong, I love my boys. I am a boy mom. I enjoy them so much. But if it were to be a boy, it would just, I know that it would discourage me. And um, I know that this was also going to be my last one. And so I just didn't want to try. I guess I was just scared. And so um, I, I still continued to pray. You know, I would always speak, you know, maybe one day if I have a daughter. And, and so... <clears throat> um. Like I've talked about in my past episodes, um, the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I was in a really hard season where God was just exposing things in my life. He was uprooting, delivering me from a lot of things from my past and um, and healing all for all of it was for me to heal. And in this time. It was so trying for me. And in this time, I become pregnant. And I'm just, at this time, I'm not understanding why would I be pregnant at this time. Um, we couldn't even be happy for the pregnancy just because things were so hard to deal with in that season. And And all I could think about was, Lord, please let it be a girl. Like if this was a girl, I know that it would make me and my husband so happy and it would really change a lot of things for us in our circumstances. And, and, um, and so I, I, I prayed, I prayed through this pregnancy and, and already through the pregnancy, the enemy was already trying to come in and take her from me. I would have dreams and visions of, of people that I loved trying to come and hurt my baby. I had dreams of them coming and punching my stomach while I was sleeping. Um, I had dreams of, of car wrecks while I was pregnant. And I, at that point, began to war for my child. I began to war for my daughter. Even though I didn't know she was a girl, I still always proclaimed that she was a girl, she was a daughter, that I was going to receive the promise. And... Um, and it's, it's, I forgot to actually mention that before I got pregnant, um, while I'm praying for a daughter, and this was maybe a year or two before I get pregnant, and um, it's at nighttime whenever we are driving from somewhere, we are on the road, and I remember hearing a whisper from God, and I'm halfway asleep, and uh, my husband's driving, and and I remember hearing something from God. 
and I hear the name Eliana. And it just kind of shook me out of my sleep. And right away, I just kind of wanted to know because, I mean, my mind, my thoughts were clear. And so for this name to come up out of any out of nowhere, I begin to look up the name. And um, as soon as I read the definition, I'm just like, God, I knew that he spoke at that moment and kind of had promised me a daughter in that moment. And the name Eliana means God has answered. And I just remember like in that moment getting so emotional because I was like, okay, I hadn't heard from God about that particular prayer ever. And then I just get this whisper out of nowhere and I was like, okay. And so anyways, fast forward to us um, getting pregnant. And I just really felt at that moment that I, I had to be praying for my baby. And I really had to start going to war for her, for my child. And and I did. And there was even an instance where um, we were at one of the appointments before we found out what she was. Um, it was just a typical checkup. And um, as, as my nurse began to um, get the Doppler ready to hear the heartbeat, um, she puts it on my tummy and we can't hear anything. And this is just so unusual because before, as soon as she put the Doppler on my belly, I would be able to hear the heartbeat. And it didn't happen like that this time. And for 15 minutes, she's there pressing and pushing and just moving all around my stomach, trying to find a heartbeat. And you can tell that she's She's trying to stay content, but you could tell the worry in her face. And I'm getting so emotional because I'm like, Lord, please don't let it be. And I think at this time I was about three months and I was so afraid to miscarry. I remember just throughout my whole pregnancy, just that fear of miscarrying. And so for 15 minutes, which actually felt like an hour for me, we're just there trying to find the heartbeat. And um, we never find it. Um, they schedule me. They can't schedule me a sonogram until four days later. And I and I was upset about that at first, but it's like God had given me a peace just to let let it be. So that whole weekend, I'm praying. And um, that Monday before I had to go in, I remember just having an urge to ask my faith family to pray for me. And so I get on some group messages and I ask my church family to pray for me. And I ask my, my other sisters to pray for me. And, and so just throughout that day, I can feel just the Lord's presence and, and they're giving me messages and just giving me encouragement and feedback. And I remember there's one lady who told, who had written um, to bring, bring this baby back to life. And I don't know, when I read that, it just really touched my spirit. And I was like, Lord, if she is dead in, in my womb right now, you bring her back to life in the name of Jesus. And I cried and I cried and I was just like, Lord, just please bring her back to life. And so um, we go to my next sonogram. My pastor's wife actually went with me. She took me. 
And I know me and her were just both really anticipating what we were going to see. And I didn't know what to expect. My worst fear was that um, I we were going to see a, a, a still fetus not moving. And um, there's still no being there's still not being a heartbeat. And so I was I was so afraid and I was trying at that moment with everything I had to believe and to stand on God's word. And so we go in and and me and her were just so nervous and I laid down and and I'm already so emotional. And um as soon as they put the Doppler above my belly, it's not even touching my belly yet, you can hear the strength of the heartbeat. And I get so emotional thinking about it because it's like the Lord knew how scared I was. The Lord knew how much fear I had. And it's like before he could even touch my belly, he just wanted to assure me that she is strong and she is healthy and she is alive. And so as soon as they put the Doppler on there, we saw the baby and we saw her moving and kicking and she was so active. She was dancing around in my womb. It's like life had been breathed back into her. And I just praised God so much for that. And I know that the enemy was trying so hard to take what God had blessed me with, but we fought in the spirit. And that's why it's so important, woman of God, to fight in the spirit to pray to ask for prayer to have accountability to have sisters to have a church to have that fellowship so that way when when things are hard when when things look hopeless that you're able to go to these people and ask for prayer it says where two or more are gathered there he is in the midst and he was right there in that moment he heard our prayers and he brought her back to life and I praise God for that testimony, that it's a testimony that I'll be able to tell my daughter. And so fast forward to a month later, um, just finding out the gender and me and my husband were so nervous. And um, of course, we were going to love our child either ways, but we really desired a daughter. And so we go in and and um, they ask if we want to know the gender. Of course, we say yes. And a lot of my friends actually really pushed for a gender reveal. But I just thought, no, not this time. Only because the moment was just, it was more of an intimate moment. I really wanted to be told directly. And so they, um, the nurse told us that it was a girl. And me and my husband were just so happy. And I remember crying. And my husband was so happy. And just in the midst of this season where there was no happiness, that was a moment that we had actually found some kind of happiness in all the darkness. And she truly was just a light for us in that moment. And, and so from then on, you know, we have, we have just been, um, so we were so excited just throughout the pregnancy. And of course, we had to continue to fight um, for my daughter. I feel spiritually like um, there were curses being brought up against her. And and we just continued to fight in the spirit. And, and um, October 12th, she came into this world and she blessed us with her presence. 
even through this whole pandemic, I was pregnant. She is a 2020 baby. So she was born in the midst of this pandemic. So even going through COVID-19 um, throughout my pregnancy, and praise God, I never contracted the virus. But um, I, we were just so thankful in that moment that uh, God had blessed us in, in that way. And, and now it's just, it's so amazing because I, I look into my daughter's eyes and, and I see the love that she has for me. And it really makes me think about the story because I was this woman with the blood issue. I had been overlooked, unloved, dirty. I had no identity. I was unclean, unhealed, and cursed. For years, I bled on others, and I hurt a lot of people, and I hurt myself. And it wasn't until I made the decision to receive my healing that I was able to receive the promise, that I was able to receive my little girl, and that my father was able to receive his daughter. And it just really encourages me as I go back to this story because... Jesus called this woman who was not qualified, who was unclean, daughter. And in that moment, it made me realize my own worth. And today I wanted to share a spoken word that I had written for my daughter. Um... And it's pretty much the testimony summed up in a spoken word. And and I just really hope that y'all enjoy it. This episode wasn't too long, but um, it means so much to me that I'm able to bring this testimony. And, you know, I also just want to encourage you that if you are scared right now to receive healing, if you're scared to even go through the process of healing, you know what? I know that there might have to be decisions made in order for you to heal. There might be some things that are hard to confront in order for you to heal. And I understand. It's like what I had said earlier. She had to risk death in order to live. Sometimes we have to risk death in order to live and it hurts to die. Dying to self, dying to this flesh, it means that God has to strip us. And I'm and stripping, it's something painful. He has to strip us of things that are not of Him, things that are hurting us that we don't even know, things that we are holding on to. And it hurts sometimes to let go of these things. And sometimes He will even create circumstances to expose these things, to strip us. And those circumstances are painful, but only for the benefit of the life are we able to allow God to come and strip us of these things. Don't be afraid. Allow God to do what he needs to do, not just for you, woman of God, but for your children. If you have children, do it for them. My husband, when he um, he spoke at the prison 
um, a couple years back and, and he brought a message and I remember him talking about our children and I remember him saying, give them a chance. Do it for you. Do it for your children. Give them a chance. They don't deserve to pick up the the curses that, that we put on them. We have to be the one to break those chains, to break those generational curses, to start a new life. I, I have three boys with my husband right now, and I've always seen that as God restoring his name because my husband comes from a background of men who have gone through addiction, who have died um, with overdosing, they have gone to prison. And my husband was on that same track and he was he was an addict. He had been to prison several times. He had been to rehabs. He was living on the streets. And the Lord came in and he brought light into that darkness. He showed us who he was. He showed us the word of God. And now he has three sons that we are able to teach and bring up in the word of God. And and now, most importantly for me, my daughter, I have a daughter now that I am able to raise up as a woman of God. So that way she can go and raise up her daughters as women of God and so on and so forth. That now I can leave a legacy. And it, and it, it helps me to know that, okay, I have a responsibility. God has entrusted me to live righteous. He has entrusted me to continue to walk in healing. He has entrusted me to overcome for my daughter, for my granddaughters, for all of my children. And so I encourage you today, whoever's listening, that you would overcome that fear, that you would give it all to God and that you would receive your healing today. And I'm going to end this episode with this spoken word. And I just pray that this episode was a blessing to you and that this spoken word, um, that you can just really feel my heart in this. And this spoken word is called Dear Ellie. Dear Ellie, for such a time as this, you came and showed me a love that I did not know existed. For years, I prayed for you and for years I grieved because deep within, I knew my heart would never allow me to receive. I couldn't because deep within, I felt like a curse to God's covenant. So I grew content portraying the image of okay, but really I was broken. Pregnancy after pregnancy, I secretly prayed that maybe, just maybe, God could trust me and give me a daughter. That I could raise up a woman of God and through his blood reestablish a bloodline to protect her. That the curse would end with me. But pregnancy after pregnancy, it never came to be. And although I rejoiced for the life of my boys, my heart silently screamed for the little girl that would break these cursed chains. Why not me, God? 
Am I not worthy to carry on this legacy? I cried out for years with not one response until one night I heard your name, Eliana. In total confusion, I rushed to look up this name, the name that means God has answered. God spoke, so I prayed. And you came when I needed you the most. You were light in my darkness. You brought joy in my despair. And as I sat in the rubble of a broken city, you came, God sent to repair my broken heart. The little flutter of your heartbeat began to revive mine. It was then that I knew you came for such a time as this. And now, as I look into those big brown eyes, I understand the love of the Father. And he understood how I needed to be loved. So he sent you, my dear Ellie, my daughter. ladies. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and go like my page on Facebook, R3 Discipleship. I am so thankful that you tuned in. Until next time, God bless and remember, it's time to fly.